Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. Shut down. Pilots at United say no to a tentative contract. Teamsters make history with a new master agreement at Costco. And today on the show, the American Federation of Teachers, the Building Trades in Central California, and the United Labor Agency. Welcome to the Wednesday, November 2nd edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. How about this? We've got three guests on the show today. We are going to start things off with Randy Weingarten, who is president of the American Federation of Teachers, AFT.org, 1.7 million strong. And here's what's going on. Randy and her team are traveling around America, primarily at the Bellwether States. It's a nationwide get-out-the-vote election bus tour. It started about a week and a half ago in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And today, Randy and her team are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So they kicked off this uh, multi-city bus tour to, like I said, get out the vote and highlight, highlight the stark choices out there. You've got people on the far right. You've got people in the middle. You've got people on the left. And it's important for you as an educated voter, key word is educated, you got to delve into those uh, issues, find out where they stand on working class issues. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So Randy is going to be our first guest today. And if you want to follow this uh, tour, she's got a hashtag. This is on Twitter, AFT Votes, what kids and communities need, AFT Votes. Our second guest on the show is David Beanie. David is the executive director of the Santa Clara and San Benito Counties Building and Construction Trades Council. That's primarily in uh, Central California, around the Sacramento area. A little background on Dave. He's a leader and very passionate advocate for the construction workforce. He started his career in construction as an apprentice in the electrician's union. He quickly developed an appetite to understand and advance the cause of working families through union leadership. And with his firsthand knowledge of labor issues, and grasp of varied perspectives, David was appointed as a business agent and organizer for IBEW Local 332, where he served about seven years. David's academic accomplishments include several labor advocacy courses and programs at institutions such as San Jose City College, University of Wisconsin in Madison, and how about this, the Harvard Law School. David completed a four-year course of study in trade instruction with the National Training Institute at the University of Michigan and is certified to train electrical apprentices as a field training officer and lecturer. And he continues to champion the rights of construction workers in his current role 
as executive director of the Santa Clara and San Benito Counties Building and Construction Trade Council, where his focus has been on ensuring construction projects benefit workers as well as communities. He points out construction workers, they live in a certain community, and when a company decides to build or remodel in a certain area, you know, it's pretty reasonable to expect that leaders of that business conduct operations in a neighborly way. In other words, use union labor. Finding cheap construction labor is a disadvantage in many ways. And the good thing is Google has apparently stepped up to the plate and they have partnered with the Building Trades Council in a big uh, chunk of what they're doing with capital improvements. And I'll tell you, they're doing a whole lot in various parts of the country. One of the issues we're really going to delve into, apparently there is a uh, ballot measure that the voters will uh, see. Well, actually, early voting started several weeks ago, but it's called Measure Q. And um, it apparently threatens to halt commercial construction you ready for this? Until 2050. 2050. There's a problem there. Major problem there. And according to David, this would uh, pretty much starve the county. This is primarily in San Benito County. It would starve the county of resources for schools, public safety, parks, and other community services. So uh, that's a big issue, and he's going to delve into that. He wants to educate people in that area about uh, what can happen with Measure Q. So Dave Beanie will be our second guest, and then we're going to go to uh, Dave Meganhart. Now, Dave is executive director of the United Labor Agency, which has been around for over a half century, and they have primarily focused on workforce development, assisting unemployed and underemployed workers in finding new or better careers. What they do essentially is uh, find the training that you may need to advance to a better career, a lot of shifting in the job market. There's a program called Cleveland Builds, and he's going to get into that. And also, in a couple of weeks, the ULA will be staging their Unsung Heroes Awards Dinner. And these are the people, we've talked about this on the show a number of times, that are behind the scenes that just don't get the accolades. You know, the union leaders, the business managers, they... They seem to get all the fanfare, but you know what? In order for them to accomplish something big, you need a team of people. And that's what we're talking about this. The people behind the scenes who do a lot of the work, who get up early, who work on weekends, who volunteer their time to get things done. And I'm talking about everything, making sure the union brothers and sisters are aware of certain issues concerning their union or like right now with the election, educating people on who's the right candidate, who's supporting working-class issues, all of that. So uh, Dave Meganhart will be our third guest on the show today. Now for a brief look into the world of labor, this segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. Well, United Airlines pilots have voted overwhelmingly Against a tentative contract agreement, the union representing the workers said on Tuesday, saying the proposal fell short of what members were seeking. The Airline Pilots Association said 94% 
of the nearly 10,000 pilots voted to reject the contract offer and said pilots would immediately begin a series of pickets. The agreement, which was announced in June, offered more than 14.5% cumulative pay increases and enhanced overtime and training pay. However, some pilots were not happy with the deal, prompting the union to renegotiate its terms. However, the talks failed to produce a new deal. Comment here from the union. This is the statement they uh, released this week. Unfortunately, management has now taken a wait-and-see approach to negotiations instead of leading the industry forward. Now, this comes a day after it was announced that Delta Airlines pilots voted overwhelmingly to authorize a strike if contract talks between that carrier and the union do not lead to an agreement. Now, a strike would not be immediate, and it would require permissions from the Federal National Mediation Board. And the Pilots Association said they, they don't want a strike. They want a contract. So let's talk about a contract here. More cargo ships are preferring East Coast ports over Los Angeles. And one of the primary reasons appears to be industry fears of a longshoreman strike. Here's the deal. In August this year, the Port of New York in New Jersey was the most highly trafficked of U.S. ports for the first time, the very first time. Meanwhile, all last week in San Francisco, the International Longshore and Warehouse Union have been meeting with an employer group to negotiate things like safety issues and resolve claims that one employer colluded with another union to circumvent a collective bargaining agreement. In the meantime, other non-unionized workers in Southern Cal, like the independent contractors who drive containers between ports, have lost work due to a reduced demand for their services. Boy, there's a tug of war going on there. And one more here. The uh, Teamsters have made history securing a new master agreement protecting more than 18,000 workers at Costco nationwide. The ballots were counted on the 21st of October before an independent observer. This was in Portland, Oregon, and the agreement was overwhelmingly ratified by a vote of 72% with record high voter turnout from the membership. Sean O'Brien is the general president of the Teamsters. He said, don't let anyone tell you the days of achieving national master agreements are over. Unions can protect American workers on a national scale. The Teamsters Union pulled off something that anti-labor activists would have you believe is impossible. Our massive network of local unions and army of organizers makes, up, makes us the most powerful union in the world and the most equipped to protect as many workers as possible. He went on to say this is an earth-shaking win for Costco workers and for the American labor movement. So hats off to uh, Sean O'Brien, general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. All right, quick break. Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, coming up next. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. 
From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. You're listening to America's Workforce, and this upcoming segment is brought to you by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. Check them out online at oft-aft.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the U.S., US Canada, Canada, and, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferentz with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. Well, let's go to uh, line number two right now. Joining us on our live line today is Randy Weingarten. She's been on the show a number of times. Randy, of course, president of the American Federation of Teachers. And she is going around the country talking about a nationwide effort which includes back-to-basics initiatives to engage teachers along with students and parents. It's What Kids and Communities Need campaign. Randy Weingart, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Talk to me about this uh, campaign that's going on, Randy. Go ahead. Oh, it's great to be with you, Ed. We are starting our last three-week Get Out the Vote tour. We'll be in Cleveland. We'll be in Cincinnati. We'll, uh, uh, we'll be in Toledo. So, uh will be in your great, 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 great state. So this is what we're doing. There's been two years of an unprecedented public health emergency that, you know, all of us wish never happened and all of us wish, you know, would be gone. Um, and, you know, what? but we have to deal with the effects of it on kids and on families. And, and, and what better way of doing it than really focus on the basics and in terms of schools. So that's what our What Kids Need agenda is. And, you know, schools are, you know, what public schools are what really unites us in America. Um, and it is the antidote to the division and the hate and the fear that we see right now. And so what we're leading into is not just advocating for things, but doing things. So we're very focused on leading, uh, on leading and literacy on um, having career pathways as well as college pathways in schools so that kids see, feel, touch a future. I'm wrapping services around schools so there's um, the mental health, there's the dental, there's the other kind of support that kids and families need and bringing educators and families together. And so that's what our what kids need um uh, agenda is. And then, you know, I said that we're really focused on the pathways between, you know, what kids see as a future, 
that also includes college affordability, which also includes dealing with student debt. And so we have been really pushing to make sure that people know about Biden's new student debt program. The website is up, studentaid.gov. It's very easy to fill in and, 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 and to try to get that kind of relief as student debt payments go back online of ten to $20,000 if you have a Pell Grant. But also, you know, the last administrations were terrible in terms of the last administration, Trump administration, in terms of making good on the promise that President Bush made to public employees, which was including teachers, which was, and, and firefighters, and, 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 you know, people in the Army, which is, if you stay in the public service for 10 years and have debts for 10 years, you can get the rest of them forgiven. That's public service loan forgiveness, and we're really pushing on making sure that people um, know that um, a waiver that, that really rebooted it um, is over on October 31st, so we're really, really, really trying to push on that, too. So you can hear it. It is about being in the business of making people's lives better. That's what a union does. That's what we're doing. And that's what we're trying to do in terms of what kids need, from reading to pathways to the future to making sure that they, people, kids have wraparound services in schools to bring parents and, and teachers together. Randy, if you don't mind, I want to elaborate on the wraparound services. I, I am familiar sure. with that, and I know that uh, the AFT has been very successful in various parts of the country, especially in underserved areas. Can you explain how these wraparound services work and, and how they've actually helped those communities? Look, you know, they work differently in different places, but the first place, that I ever saw them do, be really, really effective was in Cincinnati, um, where, you know, you just, if you're, um, so, so, you know, what, what the concept is, is that, you know, school is the place where, of, of all the places um, in, in a community, school, the public school is a place that kids come you know, virtually every day, I hope, September through, you know, June. Yeah. And there's summer school and there's after-school programs. So if you wrap the other kinds of programs that are needed, that frankly, poor kids don't have access to in the main, whether it's, um, you know, after-school uh, activities, whether it's enrichment activities, uh, or whether it's, Things like mental health supports um, or, you know, or medical supports or dental clinics or, you know, things like that. Um, things like, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, courses for parents, um, help in terms of unemployment insurance. You know, if you wrap these kind of services around schools, instead of making somebody go somewhere else for it, it's going to become a... a a way of bringing community together and making sure we're addressing the whole child. Food banks, there's been a huge food shortage um, and food crisis around America this year. Um, and so this is a way of wrapping those services around to meet the needs of all kids and, and to destigmatize um, poverty by having this around, having, you know, spaghetti nights or movie nights at schools where parents, where, where the whole community can be together. So that's what the concept is. Now, we have about 700 of them 
um, where our members are very, very involved around the country. And we've said, let's expand that to 2,500. In my mind, we should have 25,000 community schools around the country because it is how we bring people back together again. And in this world that we're in right now, and you could just see it in the debate last night in terms of, you know, Tim Ryan and, and J.D. Vance, I mean, what is Ryan running for? He's running to make Ohio's life better. He's not, you know, what is Vance doing? Vance is just throwing mud and mud and mud and mud and mud at it. And we, you know, and Ohio deserves better. But that's what um, these wraparounds are for. I um, would like to pick your brain a little bit about how educators, and by the way, we're speaking with Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, part of the AFL-CIO, 1.7 million members. Randy, how can educators work with parents? And they have to work closely with parents in the community of course. To, to find the solutions that you're talking about that will impact public schools. What, what's your advice there? So, Ed, this year would have been hard regardless because we've had two years of disruption and uncertainty and, you know, is COVID over? Is it not over? The Omicron variants, all of this stuff. And and there's been real, you know, are the vaccines effective? Obviously, I think they are. In fact, I'm getting my um, booster today, my my new my new booster I'm going to get today. Um, but, you know, what's happened is we're not doing this in a vacuum. And there's a group of people who don't like public schools, you know, want to take the money out for privatization. You know, mm-hmm. they started with charters, they, you know, they're done vouchers. Um, and now what you're seeing is they want to ban books and they want to censor curriculum. And, you know, and, and so it's, um, it's made it, it's made it much harder um, to, um, to, to teach right now um, because of all of that, divisiveness and polarization and anger. Now, I'm not saying that working people don't have a right to be angry. They have a complete right to be angry given what corporate America has done, you know, um, first trying to move, you know, factories to the south and then, you know, to non-union settings and then, you know, overseas and, you know, China became more of our supply chain than the United States of America. This is part of the reason I love Tim Ryan. He talks about how we've got to get the supply chain back to America. We've got to manufacture back in America. And look, because of his advocacy and others, we have this new CHIPS Act and getting Intel back to Ohio, things like mm-hmm. that. We've got to build and make in America again. But, you know, there's a lot of um, stern and drum, and it's hard. All right, Randy, we're just about out of time. Uh, again, we're talking about the What Kids and Communities Need campaign, and we, we kind of just scratched the surface. Can you uh, yeah. give us some, some more information on where our listeners yeah. can get get more details on this? Absolutely. First off, um, let me just say to any parent who's listening, um, your teachers want to, your, your kids' teachers want to work with you. They need to work with you. They want to work with you. Um, and what we're trying to do at the AFT is it's creating new structures to make it easy. We have something called a, a new um, a PPI, a Parent um, Institute, and we're just trying to make it easier. But ultimately, this is about this year is about reconnecting um, and and really making sure that kids can thrive. So your teachers, you know, they really want to work with you. 
they know that you're your their kids you're their kids your kids first teachers and um we're really focused on the kind of things the back to basics this year to make kids to help kids thrive and to really let's do you know we'll do politics on the streets and in city halls and in the congress let's not do politics in schools Let's focus on kids' emotional, social, and academic needs. So is there a website that our listeners can go to? Yes, sharemylesson.com and aft.org. Sharemylesson.com um, is a website that we are, where anyone anyone can go in, get lots and lots of materials um, for parents, for students, for teachers. It's completely free. And then our general website is aft.org. Gotcha. Sharemylesson.com. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, sharemylesson.com. Okay, and aft.org. Randy, always a pleasure. You are a fighter, no doubt about that. Keep uh, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll talk down the road, okay? Thank you. Thanks so much. Always enjoy talking to Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, national website aft.org. And once again, you could follow them on Twitter, that bus tour, which will wrap up next Tuesday. The hashtag is... AFT votes. All right, quick break. David Beanie heads the Santa Clara and San Benito building trades in Central California, and he is coming up next. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. The United Auto Workers are one of the largest and most diverse unions in North America, with members in virtually every sector of the economy. Learn more about this proud sponsor of our program at UAW.org. Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. From the Golden Gate Bridge to the St. Louis Gateway Arch, the Sears Tower, and just about every building, bridge, and structure in between, our cities and towns wouldn't be the same without iron workers. With over 3,000 contractors employing more than 130,000 highly trained iron workers and 20,000 apprentices, the Iron Workers Union stands ready and able to shape the future of our skylines. Learn more at ironworkers.org. Iron Workers, the sky's the limit. Now, Back to Ed Flash Ferrance with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. And keep in mind, all of our shows are archived on our website, awfpodcast.com. awfpodcast.com. We revamped that a couple months ago, courtesy of BMA Media, the producer extraordinaire of America's Workforce. Let's go to the West Coast right now. 
Just outside uh, San Francisco, David Beanie is joining us. He's the executive director of the Santa Clara and San Benito Counties Building and Construction Trades Council. That's a mouthful. Website is simple, though. It's scbtc.org. We've got lots to talk about, including a ballot measure that uh, they're fighting. David Beanie, welcome to America's Workforce. How are we doing today, my brother? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for the thanks for inviting me on. Oh, this is great. I'd love to uh, you know go around various parts of the country, check in with the trade, see how you're doing. I'm hearing good things that there's a lot of work. I can only assume that's pretty much the case in your area. What's the story there, David? You are absolutely right. There is a lot of work in in Santa Clara County, particularly, and and also uh, a growing amount in more rural San Benito counties. Well, that's certainly good to hear. How many um, union brothers and sisters make up the Santa Clara San Benito Building and Construction Trades Council? We represent just over 35,000 construction workers um, in the two counties. Okay, good, good, good. And you said the work is going well, but there's always issues. And and one of them is a a ballot measure that you're fighting. And um, maybe you can give me a little background what's going on here. Part of it is... uh, I guess uh, a group of people, they, they call them NIMBYs, not in my backyard. And apparently they gathered enough signatures to put this on the November 8th ballot. What's uh, what's going on here, David? Well, um, just, just as you said, the NIMBYs have placed Measure Q on the ballot. And what Measure Q proposes to do is to take the... Uh, the opportunity for land use designation changes, so changing, say, from rural to commercial or residential to commercial, take that out of the hands of the Board of Supervisors and and place it uh, at the will of the voters. So effectively, uh, anybody who wanted to, to do any sort of development in the county uh, would have to run a campaign, a countywide campaign to get approval from the voters before even seeking approval from the Board of Supervisors. Really, what it does is it shuts down all development until about 2050. Well, wait a minute here. We're talking almost 28 years here that that could be shut down. What What are you hearing right now? Is, is this, is this going to happen? Well, I'll tell you, at the beginning, we did some polling and um, the and it looked grim, uh, but we have pulled together a coalition of just about every group in the county. Uh, let me tell you, we're talking about not just the Building Trades Council and, and Labor writ large, but we're also talking about the Business Council, the Chamber of Commerce. We've got the, uh, for the No on Q campaign, we've got the endorsement of not just the Democratic Party, but the Republican Party, too. And let me just say, the last time those two groups have agreed in San Benito County was before I can remember. Uh, And now that we've been getting the messaging out and and talking to people about what it really means not to have uh, a good commercial tax base in the county and, and what that would mean for the roads, the services, the public safety, uh, I believe we're we're turning the tide, and I think we're going to beat this thing. Well, yeah. If you if you throw out the message that uh, commercial construction could pretty much come to a halt by 2050, it, you know, it got my attention. I, I would assume that you're getting a lot of people's attention, but you can never you can never count on those things unless you do something about it. And it sounds like you you're 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 getting the right people in place. We'll have to check 
check in with you after the election. I, I know, David, I was reading your bio earlier. You're very concerned about the rights of construction workers in your role. It's so important. And I know there's so many things that go on, misclassification of workers. Uh, you're fighting the the non-union shops and all that. In that area, and, you know, California, pretty uh, progressive state, union-friendly state. I know your union density is pretty good there. In that specific area, when it comes to the trades, how are we looking right now, David? Well, if you look on a statewide basis, uh, things are, are good compared to, say, some of the right-to-work states. You're right. Our geography here and our politics here have, have really, uh, really favored working families like ours. Uh, and, and here in the San Francisco Bay Area, the union density is, is even greater than the, the statewide average. Uh, that being said, uh, in the ununionized sector of construction, some of the, the worst exploitation uh, of any industry is what you'll find, uh, you know, especially in the residential construction industry where the, the market share is quite a bit different than the commercial or industrial side. Yeah. Well, I see that there's some companies that get it. I mean, what we're talking about here essentially is corporate accountability. I mean, you got workers living there. They should, number one, be employed by the people that are building there and obviously go the union way. And I'm reading that I guess one of them is Google. They've uh, stepped up to the plate. Can you give us some details on that? Well, they sure have, yes. Um, you know, uh, the uh, the South Bay here in the Bay Area uh, Santa Clara County is the heart of Silicon Valley. So we have, you know, some of the the tech titans headquartered here, a, a lot of them. And uh, they have so much construction that they do, office and commercial construction. Um, a lot of it is done union just because of the union density here. But we have some players, and, and I'll, I'll highlight Google because they're one of the first. Uh, they have agreed that all of their commercial construction – will be done with union members at union wages. Uh, and they've actually got some high-rise residential construction uh, on deck that they've also committed to. I'm really excited about this because this, I believe, is the first break we've had into the tech industry and, and getting them to commit uh, not just you know to their own workers but to the, the workers in the community in which they are located. Really excited about this. That's good. Now, are other companies starting to follow suit? Are, are they following the, the Google model, or is it a, a bit premature right now to say that? Well, uh, you know, I'm in talks with a couple of others, and I, I, uh, I don't want to mention them because, of course, we're still in discussions. But I think that uh, with Google opening that door and, and really standing up and being uh, a, a key player uh, in the area, in the industry, uh, I think that there will be other companies that will follow suit. Good to hear. David, I see uh, you were a business agent and organizer for IBEW Local 332, and uh, you spent some time, I see seven years, expanding the benefits of collective bargaining within the electrical industry. And I know the IBEW is on fire right now, especially with uh, EV stations, charging stations and all that. And uh, California should be no exception. I wonder if you could speak to that. And the other part, it's a kind of a two-part question here because when it comes to uh, solar, wind, alternative sources, I know the IBEW and the steelworkers pretty much involved in that. 
Um, we got the non-union element in there. How are how are we looking over there in California? With that being said, David, you know, the, again, the geography and the politics here really helped us out. Um, but uh, with the local community choice aggregates and other proponents of green energy, uh, it is a challenge. We have to remain vigilant and make sure that all of these new entities that are popping up and new technologies are are plugged in. To the union workforce. I mean, we've got the best skilled and the best trained workers there are. Why shouldn't we be building the cutting edge of, of our technology? There's a, there's a lot going on, and we see a lot of it start right here in California. And if we can if we can capture it and spread that to the rest of the nation, well, we can get we can keep a hold of it. Another question here: apprenticeship programs, and, and I'm hearing that there's a there's Various parts of the country that are doing very well. Some could use a little more help. I'm wondering how we're how we're doing over there in the Santa Clara, San Benito County area. Uh, you know, in, in California, I think we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty thousand building trades apprentices, um, at, which just astonishes me. You know, we have so many classes of apprenticeship here in the Bay Area. Uh, and this is actually what we absolutely need to keep uh, to keep our workforce strong. We need to build the construction industry from the workers up. Right? You can't you can't continue to build and pass these skills on if you don't have apprentices. And we've been doing phenomenally here locally. I am regularly in contact with the Bay Area apprenticeship coordinators and. Uh, they are just doing great work in bringing in the best and the brightest people to to carry on our traditions. Well, I think we covered it all here. David, it's been a pleasure joining you, and that's a beautiful area that you work in. Uh, you are a lifelong resident of the Bay Area, I take it? I sure, will, sure am. I was born right here. Santa Clara there you County. go. Born there, working there, making a difference with the uh, workers' lives. David Beanie. Santa Clara, San Benito County's Building and Construction Trades Council. He is the executive director, and you can find more at scbtc.org. Anything you'd like to add before we button it up here, David? You know, I, I would love to come back again sometime and talk to you about that very thing, the high price of living here in Santa Clara County, and what we can do about it. <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I know. Well, I, we do the show in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's a far cry from the <laughs> situation over in the West Coast. The East Coast, too. I mean, if you go to New York, all the way down to Florida, there's some very pricey areas. But, uh, hey, that's why we talk about it here on America's Workforce and make sure work, workers get the wages so they can afford those uh, those places to live. So, David, you take care. Good luck to you on fighting that ballot measure, uh, give us a call later in the uh, the year, and we'll talk about that more. Okay, buddy? Love to do that. Thanks again for having me on. Have a great day. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dave Meganhart, Executive Director of the United Labor Agency, back in a few minutes right here on America's Workforce. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America. 
delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. You're listening to America's Workforce, and this next segment brought to you by the North Coast Labor Federation. Hello from the Communication Workers of America, District 4. We are a labor union representing a vast array of workers in different industries, including the Association of Flight Attendants, Telecommunications, CWA Passenger Services, Public Health Care, and Education Workers, the IUE, CWA Industrial Division, the National Association of Broadcast Employees, the CWA News Guild, not to mention our growing digital sector, and many others. If you're interested in organizing your work group or learning more about what it means to be CWA strong, visit our website at www.cwad4.org. That's cwad4.org. Hi, this is Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, and I am a huge fan of Flash and America's Workforce radio and podcast. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. Let's go to uh, line number three right now. And joining us is Mr. David Meganhart, longtime sponsor of America's Workforce, comes to us from the United Labor Agency, which you've heard me say connects people with employment, good employment, good wages, good benefits, the training you need to get the job that can support your family. That's so important. Yeah, there's a lot of jobs out there, but we want family-sustaining jobs. That's what it's all about. Mr. Meganhart, welcome back to uh, America's Workforce. I see you got a lot on your plate today. Cleveland Builds. What's uh, what's this all about? Go ahead. Well, yeah, it's always great to be back, Flash. Um, so we're uh, starting a countywide initiative to uh, try to help spread the word about uh, building trades jobs and getting young people into the trades. Um, this is going to be our second uh, event. It's going to be on November 10th. And uh, we're going to do it in conjunction with a county jobs fair. I've, when I, I think the last time that I was on, I talked about how we've been working with the county as well to try to, open, to, try to fill their open positions. And they still have hundreds of them. But we've added this um, Cleveland Builds component. And so what Cleveland Builds is, is a pre-apprenticeship program uh, really targeted toward minority youth to be able to skill them up and get them ready uh, for apprenticeships in all of the building trades. And, you know, as you know, as you proselytize on this program, as we talk about uh, even if, if with the, ent- uh, the uh, intro that you just gave about United Labor Agency that, you know, for some people, the building trades are a great way uh, to the middle class, right? I mean, you're talking pensions, health care, a very, probably the best example of how 
employer and union training can happen, right? You have it, mm-hmm. you know, the apprenticeship model uh, for the trades is, you know, second to none. Everybody tries to emulate it. Everybody, you know, the, uh, from the federal government on down would like to replicate it in you know, other industries about how, you know, how you build that pipeline. So what they're really doing, you know, they're really trying to figure out what the pipeline is of the future and how uh, we get everybody involved from the county. So it's going to be on November 10th, and it's going to be at the East Cleveland Public Library, which is at 14101 Euclid Avenue. Beautiful space in the library. It's very nice. Uh, And uh, we have a couple of partners. We have... um, Obviously, Cuyahoga County we're going to partner with. We're also um, partnering with the East Cleveland Public Library, the the Baptist Ministers Conference, um, and the East Cleveland uh, Congregation Ministries, um, and the um, Southern Southern, uh, Christian Leadership Coalition. So, you know, we're using all of their networks to spread the word. We're using our labor networks to spread the word to try to get, um, this is like an informational session to be able to talk mm-hmm. about what the process is for Cleveland builds, what you'll learn at Cleveland builds, but really more importantly, like where does that lead? What, what apprenticeships are out there? What can you hope to learn? What can you hope to make? Um, you know, this is going to be the, like I said, it's the second one we've done with Cleveland builds, you know, in conjunction with, uh, the Cuyahoga County, um, application day, uh, and we hope to do many, many, many more. I mean, we we really think that it's something that uh, there's going to be a, a crying need, as always. You know, as we as we see across the industries, there's a you know there's a need for workers, and there's a need for people that really want to um, commit uh, and learn a craft and really pay be get paid well. And and to your point, be able to sustain a family, right? These are jobs. Like if these are jobs to the middle class, they're great jobs, they're oh, great yeah. training, you know. And I think we're just really excited about the partnership. Um, we've you know we've worked with the building trades throughout our history, right? We've you know we've had people from the building trades on our board all the time. Uh, we work really closely with them, but with this initiative, I think it's going to just be really a great thing. So you know start you know it's going to be moving to different communities. Uh, this but this time in Mo, on November 10th, it's in East Cleveland, and we'll you know have it we'll have it at other places you know in the coming months too. So. This this kind of reminds me of uh, what the AFL CIO announced, which we hit pretty hard here on the show. It's called the Permission to Dream, and it's a mm-hmm. national program. You're probably familiar right. with the movie A Pursuit of Happiness, Chris Gardner, right. who right. has become a multi multi millionaire. It's a rags to riches story, and he's in that stage of his life where he's given back, and he partnered with the Building Trades and the AFL CIO to reach out to communities like East Cleveland and say, you know what? There's a better life out there. You can be taught a trade that nobody can take away from you. Nobody right. can take that away from you. Once you learn that trade, it's yours for life, and you can make a whole lot of money, whole right. lot of money doing that. So it's good that and, you're doing that. And, and you said you did this before. How was the, the first time that you did this, the Cleveland The first time, you know, we had like 50 people that came out, and I thought that was good. That was a good start. Um, and you know, we, I think that we're not looking for one giant event. Uh, we're just going to be looking for a multitude of small events, uh, in 
pockets of neighborhoods and everywhere, right? So to try to get, you know, so if you have a grandson, a son, a daughter, granddaughter, you know, uh, you're, you know, anybody who's listening uh, who is interested in the building trades, really try to get people out there. So again, we this time, but it's going to be in, in uh, multiple locations. And I think you're just absolutely right. It's just, you know, there are, there can be a different future, right? And the thing about mm-hmm. the building trades is no corporation can take away a building trades job. You're always going to build where you live, right? Or where you, right. you know, it's, so it's not, there's no overseas with building. So um, that's a great point, point point of it, right, Dave? And Dave, there's so much work out there right now. It's ridiculous. And, and in various parts of the country, central Ohio is on fire right now with that Intel oh, plant. Sure. And there's going to, oh, sure. there's going to be more expansion there in various uh, parts of the state because of ev production things of that nature so that's good right. to hear good to hear absolutely uh, all right let's uh, switch gears here a little bit because you know the uh, interest rates are going up there's talk of a possible recession inflation is at hand um how are we looking on the job market right now because there's some companies that are kind of pulling back a little bit um what's your take on that dave i mean uh from our perspective, the the job market is still really tight and hot, and there are just an amazing amount of opportunities. You know, so again, we always talk about like ABC jobs, right? And I've talked about it before on the show, but like, you know, if you are entering the um, job market, maybe you need any job, right? But then you need a B, a better job, and then C, you need a career job. You know, as mm-hmm. all of us have worked through our lives, we've all had bad jobs, you know, and those bad jobs can lead to better jobs, right? But you learn work skills. And But there are across, I mean, just absolutely across all industries, all levels, there are still an unprecedented number of um, jobs, job openings, and there's need. And so I, the way I think about it is like, you know, each each job is like a little school. It's a college in itself, right? You learn things that you may not really consciously think you're learning, but you're learning all of these work habits and work skills. And I always tell people, you know, I started as a dishwasher in Ponderosa, probably one of the worst jobs you could possibly have. Um, you know, I mean, you think about that, you think about Ponderosa and being a dishwasher and but, you know, it's it's also helpful to have grease up to your elbows and go, you know, I don't know if I really want to do this for a very long time. I, maybe right. I've never, yeah, I mean, I've, I've already studied I, or I would look for a better job or, you know, looking to – but I learned how to show up on time. I learned how to work hard as my, you know, creepy assistant manager yelled at me about how, you know, how fast I was putting these things in the dishwasher. But all those things are, like, uh, really important as far as work skills and you build on them over time. So – if you're, you know, for if people that are just re-entering the workforce or they're or they're entering for the first time, it's a great time to learn those skills and you know you build on them. That's the key. You don't want to get stuck in one of those jobs. You don't want to get stuck in you know a fast food job uh, necessarily. But um, but if you start there, you can build on it, and it's still a great time. I mean, the recession seems to be looming. Everybody's talking about it. The the, the Federal Reserve Bank obviously wants to cool down the labor market um, and try to cool down uh, inflation, but it hasn't happened yet. Wages are still uh, holding steady, you know, rising right now. Our placements, uh, the average wage is nearly just under $20 an hour, which is great. You know, um, 
And so that jump has still kind of held in that. And so, I, you know, I'd implore people, like, if you're thinking about it, it now is the time. And you might not necessarily get to the career job, the first job or the first jump. But we work with people throughout the um, throughout their journey. You know, we've had people who, like, have – this isn't really uh, a, the true story – that would contact us 25 years later and say, you know, that training that I took back in you know 1985 or whatever, um, that set me off on a journey. And I wanted to let you know that I just got my PhD or I just, I just ended, you know, my career as a college professor. And, and, you know, that stuff's incredible. Like you, so all these, we think of it as seeds, right? You just throwing yeah. seeds out and how they plant them. So I think, now is the time. It's still it's still a great time to be able to take advantage of this. Okay, a couple minutes left here. We've got the unsung heroes of the labor movement coming up in a couple of weeks. That would be uh, it's a Thursday night. Yep. Is that still going to be at uh, First Energy Stadium, Brown Stadium? It is. It is. And everybody's okay. feeling better today that it's at First Energy Stadium. They <laughs> heard <laughs> that. I don't know. After the Jets game, I don't know if anybody would go to want to go to. Uh, I hear you, man. I, I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm in a lifelong <laughs> Browns fan, but they're not making it easy for me. But no, yeah, they're th- not. It's, that was a that was a nice win over a team right. that played in the Super Bowl last year. Right. Oh, uh, right. I'm with you on that one. But how are we looking for that uh, for that dinner on uh, on November 17th? Oh, it's looking great. It's a it's a you know, again, it's going to be a fun event. Um, it's going to be at the it's going to be at the First Energy Stadium, which is you know unique and fun. Uh, you know, we have about 11 unsung heroes right now. Um, a couple of uh, sort of memorials to people who have really made a big difference to in the United Labor Agency who passed away this past year. So that'll be kind of a special thing. Uh, tickets are still available through our website, and there's you know you can pay through PayPal or you know um, on the website uh, ulagency.org. Um, and it's still, you know, you still have a couple of days to nominate a hero. Um, but we're, we're coming up to the deadline now. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be, we'll have music by local four and Leonard DeCosmo, which is always a great, uh, fun, uh, to hear what he's going to come up with. Um, uh, but it's really a fun night to honor the, uh, honor working people, you know, honor working people that don't get, uh, recognition yeah. generally. And it's, you know, the stories are great. The dedication is great, um, and it's just a really wonderful time to break bread and just take some a moment to uh, to appreciate people. All right, we're going to leave it on that note. Dave Meganhart of the ULA. Coming up tomorrow, we have Gina Walsh of the Insulators talking about the Trades Women Build Nations Conference, which was this past weekend in Las Vegas, and Mike Nisley of the Ohio State Building Trades. Until then, all of you, have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.